that in a brass clam bank special. Uh, now we're recording. We're live. <laughs> Just make sure at the end you say, what was the line? Yeah. We out. We, we out. out. We out, bruh. We in. We live. Right. Brian, give me a countdown or something just that way. I mean, this is all being included on it anyway, but in three, two, one. We're out. <laughs> Good evening. Back for another episode of the Sing Second Podcast. We're nine days removed from college football. Um, taking, a, I think, a much-needed break after a stressful COVID season. Um, some teams are wishing they could take a break. Cough, cough, Tennessee, as they uh, fire their head coach and their AD resigns all within 12 hours or so of, a, of a, the talk of sanctions being brought up and things like that. And so um, just remember, folks, there's always a team who has it worse out there. But moving forward, this is going to be a little bit of a – uh, Nebraska Land National Bank special episode uh, because it is the NFC and A- AFC championship weekend. It seems weird that there's only two games left uh, to be decided for teams going to the Super Bowl. So we're going to have a little NFL special here. And uh, last week, the Green Bay Packers, 32-18 over the, the LA Rams. Still Los Angeles, right? They haven't moved cities for a third time. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills beat the Baltimore Ravens 17-3. Both those games were on Saturday. On Sunday, Kansas City beat Cleveland. Yes, Cleveland Browns made it to the second round, uh, 22-17. And then Tampa Bay in the nightcap. Uh, Tom Brady, TB, 30, New Orleans Saints, 20. Um, but anyway, before we hop too much into that, Brandon, What's good? Uh, what's good for me this week is that today, on this very day, uh, my daughter, my daughter Maddie, it's her birthday. Ten years old, so happy birthday to Maddie! Happy birthday, Maddie! Maddie. Happy birthday, Maddie! Yeah, I've heard Maddie's even a listener now, which yeah. I, I guess it's not NC seventeen, but what? Obviously, we're we're pretty. We're pretty G. So now, now that she's double digits, she's got full access to the Sing Second catalog. What, what are you most embarrassed that she's eventually going to find out when she's fifteen or sixteen years old that you said on in the first twenty-five episodes of the Sing Second podcast? Probably my multitude of terrible takes and inaccurate picks and just great stories. Being uh, wrong, how many, being wrong. How, about very how many teams often. he falls in love with each season? Yeah, I have commitment issues with uh, teams, that's for sure. <laughs> but hey, you but you're it. good. When you turn 10, you can get a Twitter account. Oh, wow. So let's let's sign up Maddie up for Twitter. I actually don't know if that's true or not, but oh. hey, that'd be one more follower. <laughs> that's, that's one true. way to get a follower. That's true. I like it. You're, you're ashamed of all the picks, but you're good with all the seeing you've done on the show? Yeah. I, uh, you know, of course in my mind, you know, it's a lot better, you know, like in shower by myself in a car, I think (laughs) like the radio brings me down a little bit, maybe in fact, but then when, you know, it's the other way around. Yeah. This, this Ed Shireen guy, he's a little too pitchy to go along with you. Yeah. He's, 
kind of a no talent, really. <laughs> Just kidding, Ed Shreen. Just kidding, Eddie, if you're listening. So how was the birthday party? It was good. We just kind of hung out, um, opened up presents, cake, played some games, stuff like that. So pretty fun. How'd, when uh, you how'd guys, you like when the you have... What's that? How'd she like the ukulele? Good. She, she learned the C chord and the F chord right now. So she's just kind of... Um, working with those two and then uh, learning like the first little song with it. So, but yeah, she liked it a lot. She was surprised and she was like, actually, I never asked for one of these, but I've always wanted a ukulele. So this is super crazy. Like, so at least she knew what it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. She was like, what? So that was a mini guitar. Yeah. Brandon, I've been playing the guitar since I was about 16 years old, and I also only know the C chord and the F chord. (laughs) Really? (laughs) That's a good good start. Prior to this, I did not know either one, but now I remember the C chord on the ukulele, but I I can't quite remember the F chord. So I know about 50% of the chords in which you know right now. The least surprising thing out of this group is that Danny was the guy who in high school thought he was going to be guitar guy. Oh, Yo, yeah. What was that necklace you used to wear with the shell? The uh, it's puka shells. The puka, sh- puka shell. Yeah. I did. Yeah, I guarantee you I could. It would take me about a minute and a half to find you a picture of me play, trying to play guitar and also wearing a puka shell necklace. With, with a long sleeve shirt underneath the flannel. <laughs> The, that, that whole that thing the, that reminds that was the me most of like, accurate thing that I've seen of of Kyle uh, basically painting me into a corner. That reminds <laughs> me of college walking outside of the dorms and outside of every window. You heard everybody playing Californication, just the beginning, you know. And it's like <laughs> I'm a Red Hot Chili Pepper fan, and I hate that song to this day because of hearing so many terrible renditions of that freaking song. I, I bought my I bought my first guitar pawn <laughs> <in the> shop. <laughs> if he's uh, if he's calling it his first, that means there's multiple. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yeah. That's all I got. Was really gonna be successful at playing the acoustic guitar like literally every other kid in the nineties. If you need a <laughs> vocalist, I could probably uh, you know. We could maybe work something out. Maybe at one of those uh, Husker game tailgates, we could uh, get a little trailer, set up a stage there, play some, play some, sing some tunes. Tell you what, Nebraska Land Bank, you guys have entertainment coming for your uh, for your tailgates. In the you fall. thought you invited a podcast, but here <laughs> we are, dog and pony show. We're gonna play acoustic guitar, <laughs> sing, and then Brandon's gonna just quote movies for like. 45 minutes or so uh, that'll have to be the words because i'm terrible at words of songs i don't know hardly any words to any song so i will just fill the song with movie quotes well anyway good job getting started a little earlier than than teens maddie on uh on playing an instrument and you're probably going to be way better than than i was and a happy birthday yep Double digit. How about any, anybody else got anything good going on? No, just uh, I did. And you guys kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, getting Maddie a Twitter account so she could be a, a follower. 
I did blackmail one of my not blackmail. That's a strong word, but yeah, if you're gonna say you blackmailed a student, I would not use those <laughs> <Yeah>. that language. <laughs> I coerced uh, a student because she really wanted to know also the sketchy the, language, the gender, <laughs> the gender of of my second child. She really wanted to know, so I was like, hey. There's one way to find out, and you have to download, subscribe, and and like our our uh, our podcast. And by golly, she did. She listened at least to the first whatever it was ten to twelve minutes in, until uh, until we until I actually dropped dropped the info. And then she probably is never going to listen again. But at least we get that plus one number one time listen through. Can I can I just add that she she swooped into my classroom to ask how to listen to the podcast, yep. and from fr- leaving Kyle's class into mine, so she you had a student unaccounted for for a little bit. Oh, but no. then the the best part was that she she downloaded it on like Apple, and then she also that wasn't working, so she downloaded it on podcast.com. So that's like two two more downloads that we got for our stats. I'm going to add one other thing to that. That's not even anything bad because that is inbound marketing. And that is something that I learned about last night on my online class in Florida. It's the, it's the uh, top of the funnel where we're bringing in, we're bringing in people to the podcast, building uh, long-term relationships, which is, which is marketing. So, so actually nice work. Yeah. Not sketchy at all knowledge dropped right there so if you have a kid a year for the next 10 years we'll have 10 followers more by the time you guys settle down yep just need a bigger house it makes me wonder what other little nuggets we could drop in the middle of podcasts to get more (laughs) listeners assignments or answers to tests or, or something like that give you one answer to the final test that we take in may every 15 minutes of our podcast thanks for listening like subscribe and download (laughs) and then unlike and then re-like download but let's get to the nfl let's do it all right. So again, we can't mention last week's games, but Green Bay over Los Angeles, uh, Green Bay winning, and Tampa Bay being New Orleans sets up a Green Bay Tampa Bay matchup. Buffalo seventeen three over Baltimore, Kansas City a five point win over the Browns uh, sets up a Buffalo Kansas City matchup. Um, guys, is there a game you guys want to talk about first? I was just gonna. I was just going to raise my hand and ask, what game did you guys think was the most fun to watch or most interesting one? I think top to bottom, it had to be the Kansas City Browns game, right? It had the most intrigue, had the most uncertainty down the line. Yeah, let's start there. I'll have to say I was was in and out. Uh, I told you guys last week I was going to be in Arapahoe uh, with youth basketball. And just a a quick report back. They've got a very new school in Arapahoe. It's not an old school auditorium. It's a, a very nice uh, gymnasium. And in, in their little commons area, 
had the games on TV so we could pop in and out. And so I, I was in and out of Kansas City, Cleveland. I didn't see any of the big plays. I didn't see the fumble into the end zone. I didn't see the Mahomes hit. Um, I, I kind of caught the end, so so the, saw that exciting ending. But uh, I don't know. You guys want to start with, with the big plays? You want to start with your uh, – you know, your, your thoughts on the game, Brandon, what do you got? Well, I have a few thoughts of this game. I mean, first of all, if you uh, listen to any of the Kansas city media or listen to their fans, Andy Reed is the first coach in history to ever go for it on a fourth down. <laughs> it has never, ever happened before in the history of the world. And not only that, he, he threw for the first down as well. So uh, that's earth shattering for you right there. So that's what I would start off with. Pretty big play call there by Big Red. And, uh, you know, these Kansas City fans, uh, is this an okay time for me to mention this? Or You bet. Okay, I'm just going to jump into it. Kansas City fans, a majority of you, if you're listening, you're fair weather bandwagon fans and the first they're always tweeting at eagle fans oh yeah so this is the guy you guys wanted to get rid of <laughs> you know and it gets really old to hear it and guess what if you don't understand why the eagles got rid of andy reed i'm so cool you started watching football like two or three years ago weird <laughs> weird oh wow patrick Mahomes is really good now we start watching now we start paying attention this whole thing about your stadium being the loudest you're it's also empty when you're not good. All right. So I don't want to hear it. There's plenty of other teams out there that have full stadiums, no matter how good or bad they are. And I think Kansas city fans, they're too good at patting themselves on the back for being the greatest fans and all that. But I, I do like Patrick Mahomes and uh, I do like Andy Reid, and I'm appreciative from when he was at, he, we had success, but, he got removed for a reason and uh, he's kind of rejuvenated his career at Kansas city. And I was excited about the game. I was cheering for the Browns, even though I used to not be a Mayfield fan, but now I kind of am. He's kind of grown on me. I don't know why. And uh, I don't know. I just, I was hoping they would win, but they didn't. And uh, if Andy and Andy Reid, calling the play where they throw the interception in the, you know, he still did plenty of Andy Reed moments during the thing. It just didn't sneak up on him. So that's my thoughts of Kansas city fans, the game and uh, that stuff. Yeah. I think my biggest takeaway is just how much I hate the, the rule about if you fumble it into the end zone, the other team automatically gets the ball and it's at the 25 that the 20 yard line is like a touchback because it takes us a great play an aggressive play on the offense and just totally penalizes the offense. And there's, there's no, there's no repercussions for the defense. They might as well just sell out and just hope for it because the ball just rolls out of bounds. And, and I think they even missed a, a helmet to helmet on that play. Like if, if that touchdown is different, obviously everything after it comes different too, but Man, the, the Browns, I think in the second half, and, this, and we'll probably get to Patrick Mahomes here in a second, but the Browns, I think, actually played a, a better game 
And I just hate when that you lose six automatic points just because of a of a fumble. So my wife's family are they all live in Kansas City now, and so big Chiefs fans, obviously. And um, we actually were talking about that rule and about how some targeting some helmet helmets get called, and then others just like go unnoticed and they look worse than half the ones that guys get ejected for or the automatic ones. And like, then like a minute and a half later, that one happened where he fumbled out of the end zone. Um, but then they asked about that rule as well. And I said, I, I agree with you, Kyle, that it's outdated. Um, like, do I have an answer? And like, I think that's the toughest part. No. What, how do you, other than do you move it back to the 20 or something goofy like that? That's not, you know, like doesn't really have a rhyme or reason the other way. Um, but I agree totally. And it's just funny because we were literally talking about that and then it happened. We were talking about the targeting in the, uh, in one of the earlier games. And then all of a sudden this one happened and guys, you know, get eliminated for, you know, or I guess they didn't get eliminated. It's just that 15 yard personal foul. But then that one was clearly head down kind of diving and, uh, ended up being a crucial play. I think it should be a safety for, it should be if I fumble the ball through the end zone and lose it, I think my team should be awarded a safety after that. And then uh, it would just be this whole thing where then people would be like, oh, they intentionally fumbled it out of bounds. So then they could get the two points and then get the uh, kickback for it. But I think you should, I think it should be a safety because it, you didn't have control and went through the back of the end zone. And uh, that's what I would, that's what I would say. That can't happen very often. That has to be like, what would you say in the course of an entire NFL season in every game that's played in the NFL, how, how many times that happens? Oh, just, get, I'll just take a guess. You're Eight, not, yeah. 10. You think that many? Well, if you think that every team plays 16 games, there's 256 games that are played, uh, five to 10, I would say. Yeah. No one thinks about it until it happens in a, in a game like that. Are you arguing that that changed the, out, the course of the game? I won't say outcome, but the course of the game? Oh, definitely, I, because. I didn't see that. Was that end of the, end of the first half? Yeah, it was it was into the first half. The Browns had actually started kind of, in my opinion, taking control because I do not think the Chiefs were ever going to be able to consistently stop uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And then for that matter, Baker Mayfield played well too. Um, and it, it was just, it was going to be their first touchdown at that point. I think it was going to be, uh, I don't know, the score got kind of weird. There's a lot of miss kicks and stuff like that. Uh, but it was going to be something like 19 to 10 or something like that after that touchdown. And it ended up being a five point game. And like I said, we, we haven't even talked about Mahomes not even being able to finish the game or Chad Henney coming in and, and scrambling for a pretty big play that I didn't expect to happen, but butterfly effect, maybe if that happens then Mahomes never gets hurt. So I don't know, but, uh, I, I just I hate that rule. I wish you just kind of just like if if it's fourth down and a team fumbles it, you can't fumble it forward. 
I would like to see something to the effect of whether you put it back on the 10 or the five, like obviously that's an offensive play where you're trying to score, especially in that case where it wasn't like a goal line run. They had had a nice play and he was just trying to probably just trying to get a little greedy, trying to turn a, a good play into a great one and just fumble it out of bounds. And I, I just hate the hate the play. Any fault on the guy carrying the ball? No, just like it always happens. He was just reaching for the pylon, and the guy came helmet to helmet, and his helmet knocked it out. So, so there's nothing in there where you, as a you as a ball carrier, are taking the risk to stretch it out and not carry it close to your body. Like if you're gonna hang it out like that, then. But the penalty you're putting the ball doesn't doesn't fit the crime. Like you're losing the whole possession when if he would have been a yard shorter and did it and he fumbled it at the one foot line, they would have gotten the ball at the one foot line. But because it was – I'd say it's his problem for not paying attention to the rules and knowing the rules. He should have been more careful. I guess. But, again, I, I think you don't understand the bane of this, this rule until it affects your team specifically. Not even if you hear about it but only if it's your team that it affects, I think, do you really come away with a strong opinion on it. No, Are no. you a resident Browns fan? No. I have had it happen to me, and it hurts. Now, I think the only other rule, and this is kind of a sidestep, and then we can move on, but the only other rule that is as obscure as that rule is if on a kickoff, uh, the kicker kind of shanks it, but it's close enough to out of bounds – the returner has a foot out of bounds and then picks it up. It's registered as an illegal kick out of bounds and they get it on the 35. Like that's a second, like obscure rule that doesn't really fit the crime of, uh, of what's, what's going on in the play. Again, not that it matters, but again, and one, nobody's going to care about that rule or think about it until the one time it has an effect on a playoff game. Yeah, but it's it ha it's happened more and more because it happened in a decently high profile game last year, and then more teams started to do it this year. So I, again, total sidestep. But when I think of obscure rules that football has, those two come to mind as as big ones. Well, I know that Andy's the only one that can give people monikers and names on this podcast, but I'd like to suggest Kyle being now the resident rules complainer. <laughs> The RRC resident rule. I'm, I'm just no, the resident. Like that should be the nickname. <laughs> just the resident. Okay, let's go on to the Mahomes thing. Did the guy that almost tried to rip Mahomes' head off? Did he get penalized? No, it wasn't a penalty. Because I I hadn't seen that until today, and I saw the slow mo version of it, obviously. But I'll just say this one thing about it, and then you guys can can have your thoughts. But if I was chasing a dude down, got him around the neck, got him down to the ground, knowing that I had him by the neck, I would release him. But it looked like this dude that tackled him realizes he has him down. And instead of letting go, thinking, oh, I got this dude by the neck, I felt like he, he made it even tighter and almost like tried to roll him over. So to me, that's, that's a intentional – Intentionally trying to injure a guy. Yeah, I know Jay Glazer said right after the game is 
because they're already trying to kind of do the the politics of it's not a concussion because they want Mahomes to play. He he said right away, he's like he wobbled after he got up, not because he was concussed, but essentially he was choked out. And so Jay Glazer would kind of follow along with with your opinion as well. Um, I I don't know if it was intentional in that way, but just like any time you get a, a chance to hit the other team's best player, like, and you, you see it all the time in the pile where somebody has somebody grip, grabbed uh, by the ankle and they just give it that little like last quarter turn just to, just to kind of make him feel it a little bit. Like I would have, I would assume that's kind of where he was going it, for. It, it looked to me like he knew that he had Mahomes in kind of a vulnerable position and he was like, not going to let go. Like I got this guy in a in a vulnerable spot i'm not letting go but wow. my i guess my point is like i had a larger impact on the game probably than the dude not holding on to the ball and fumbling out of the end of the end zone yeah probably obviously with mahomes is in there it's a little bit harder to come back but the browns were were inching closer even when mahomes was in there but moving forward is where this really starts to to make a play when we start talking about this week's game is I haven't seen anywhere if, if Mahomes has actually been cleared and we know they're going to play. And, and I'm sure that's kind of also just positioning on Kansas city's side too. Like they want to make it the latest they possibly can. Cause it's, in my opinion, there's no way he's not going to be playing, but this little gamesmanship, I think. It said today he passed like the second stage of the protocol. And in my experience, there are a lot of stages of that protocol. Um, I feel like if it was a high school student, there's not enough days left in the week for him to clear that by Sunday. But I think you're right. Um, I'll say that I believe that they'll handle it responsibly, but I also believe that he's going to be playing in the game. I think to add to that, just the struggle that Kansas City had without Mahomes. Like, Kyle, I think you hit it on the head when you said that Cleveland was starting to change that momentum. But how their offense looked with Henny at the quarterback and the fact that he's still in the league, um, I think surprised me that that's who they went to as their number two and how drastically different Patrick Mahomes to Chad Henny are. Um I think would make any Kansas City Chief fan nervous going into a game where you've got to, um, you know, you've got a good defense across from you who, who are going to make plays. Yeah, well, Kansas City has so many just studs across the field. Obviously, they just decided if we're paying our quarterback half a billion dollars, then there's probably no need to, to spend money on a, a decent backup quarterback. So <laughs> I guess that's the risk you're on. I will say, though, you could have given me a million dollars worth of money to bet on, and I never would have uh, bet that Chad Henney was going to run on a third and 14 to get it close enough to where they actually could make it, uh, uh, make it on the fourth down conversion. Yeah. I, just, I just wanted the Browns to get the ball back just because then that would have made the ending even more exciting. Uh, but I don't know. If the Browns kind of keep figuring some things out, I do not know if, if they can bring back Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, how that team is is not going to be right back in the same position next year, especially with Baker Mayfield doing as well as he did late in the year. 
the real quick the last last thing here. The tough part is though that that North Division. I mean, three of the four teams made the the playoffs this year, and obviously the Steelers Steelers with Big Ben are you know maybe kind of on the decline offensively. Um, but Baltimore, if Lamar comes back and has a long term deal, they'll be maybe right back in the thick of it. So it's like they're always in a tough a tough dogfight every week. There, and then we'll we'll move on to the next game. But there, there's no part of what Pittsburgh did over the last two months of the season that would make me afraid of them anymore. No, it just, they look good at eight. No, is I guess the big point to take away. But anywho. Uh, next game, I, I guess where we started, we started with uh, Casey Cleveland. Um, should we talk Tampa Bay, New Orleans, just because we have uh, a true... The resident Saints fan? That resident, resident one, Saints a true fan. Saints fan. Uh, yeah, we can, we can make this short. Uh, obviously, the, the game did not they go. lost in the playoffs again. Yeah, well, most teams do, and, and I'm pretty sure uh, the teams that you guys follow either didn't make it or are far, far gone, much sooner than the Saints were. But just one play, I think it comes down to one play, and that's the Jared Cook fumble. I think that drive was on its way to be a, a touchdown or at least a field goal. Big third down, caught it on a slant, crossing midfield, Antoine Winfield, my favorite Minnesota gopher punched it out. And after that, they tied it. Then they took the lead. Once they took the lead in the, in that fourth quarter, I did not like the chances just because all game long, they had not had any ability to score quick or move the ball in chunks. Taysom Hill was out. Latavius Murray was out. Deontay Harris, who returned the first punt back to the 30 actually returned the second punt for a touchdown. They got called back after that was, was uh, knocked out of the game. Uh, and then obviously you could talk of for as long as you want to on Drew Brees and, and his impending probably retirement. But like I said, as soon as they lost the lead, especially if it felt like they had been not dominating, but outplaying the Bucks for the majority of the game, once they lost the lead, my my faith was dwindling, and I'm actually glad it happened the way that it did and not a last-second defeat. I'm shocked there wasn't even a mention of any bad calls or anything in there. You're just putting it all on the players? Huh? Yeah. It's just I, – I really – and this is in my other group message. I really am not a huge fan of Jared Cook. And it stretches, obviously, from, from plays on the field. And then I also have him in my Madden franchise, and he makes very similar plays on my Madden team as well. Big fumbles, big drops. But he had the biggest fumble of the game. And then on one of Breeze's last uh, interceptions, they really sealed the deal. Um, he threw it to Jared Cook up the sidelines. Defender jumped in front, never tipped the ball, but it messed Jared Cook up enough The Football hit his shoulder pads and tipped it straight into the air for the game ceiling interception. So, yeah, I guess if I'm, if I'm putting it on anybody, it would be uh, Drew Brees' lack of being able to throw it deep, which everybody knew that going in, and Jared Cook. 
Can we get to my favorite text message that came out of the whole deal? You mean the most honest one? You bet. Yeah, so uh, there was at some point when we received a one-line text message that simply said, was it, I'm excited for the Jameis Winston era to begin or it's time for the Jameis Winston era to begin? And I honestly still don't know if that was a serious text or not because I, I don't know that there's – a lot of teams wanting a Jameis Winston era, but I feel like maybe maybe our resident Saints fan does want that. Yeah, I think they might have even been I'm ready for the Jameis Winston era. And yeah. over the last week, you really started hearing Drew Brees saying this was, this was going to be his last season. So this was kind of his uh, road out of town, and he came up short, but – Obviously, the biggest play that the Saints had was a trick play that I'm assuming they stole from the Chicago Bears the week before. Uh, but Jameis Winston was in, threw a beautiful ball to a guy that couldn't have been more wide open. Uh, but if, if you drink the Kool-Aid that they're saying in, in, the, in New Orleans is he's honestly been amazing there. Uh, he got in a really good shape. Uh, I think it, it's been proven that he's obviously a capable quarterback because he's capable of throwing 30 plus touchdowns in a season. He's also capable of throwing 30 interceptions. But I think that with him and Sean Payton, I, I honestly think that that number will be much lower. And I really think that uh, that's who they're going to, to keep because they can get him at a little bit of a discount, which they need because they're, they're jammed up at the top of the cap because they've paid a bunch of guys. Uh, but I am actually really excited to see what he can do uh, in Sean Payton's system because even Tom Brady, when he was running Bruce Arians stuff early in the year, was throwing way more picks than he normally does. So I think that's more of a system thing with Jameis instead of uh, a quarterback thing. So, no, I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready to see the Saints be able to throw it downfield more. Now, didn't the Saints just pay Taysom Hill quite a bit last offseason, two offseasons ago? Or Yeah, but not anywhere like a starting quarterback uh, salary. And obviously, I think it was a big deal when he couldn't play because that takes a lot of the packages out. Um, but I also think that, uh, that Taysom Hill has, has proven in the games that he, that he played, even though he played well, that he's not going to be – the final quarterback, I, I love Taysom Hill, and I think he's perfect in the spots that they use him in. Uh, but again, and it's always been my opinion that if, if Taysom Hill is really the, the future of New Orleans in the quarterback position, he wouldn't be protecting punts. So I think they're going to continue to use him as a Swiss Army knife. But when Breeze is out, he started and Jameis didn't. I, I honestly think that was kind of the last-ditch effort to see if he would have been capable of playing a starting quarterback. And I think they kind of decided, or at least in my book, they should have decided that he is what he is and he's good at that. But it, the offense wasn't really any more dynamic when he was a quarterback than it was with Drew Brees. Gosh, and Tom Brady going to another championship game. 14 championship. Well, Brandon mentioned it earlier, and we probably ought to ought to bring up the uh, 
the Huskers that were involved in that game, Brandon? Yeah, you know, I hope the uh, – as Husker fans, we always kind of, I think, have a rooting interest for teams that, you know, have some Huskers in them. And we got the Buccaneers with that. And I hope the Buccaneers appreciate – or the Buccaneers fans do appreciate having this defense with some – with some good Husker star power there for it. So, yeah, for me, uh, the Buccaneers, I'll, I don't really – like, I want the Bills to win the whole thing, but I Buccaneers, I would be <clears throat> happy if they won it all just because of the Husker players there. And even with Tom Brady on the team, I used to not really like Tom Brady. And I thought that, you know, when Peyton Manning – uh, switch and went over, you know, uh, finished his career with the Broncos and had some success. I thought this guy's the, he's the greatest because Tom Brady put him in a totally different situation. He's not going to be able to have that kind of success. And granted, they have some talent, but uh, I don't know. Hey, so for now, I'm, I'm for enjoying, I'm not going to root for Tom Brady, but uh, I will appreciate his greatness if they continue to win and with the Husker defense on top of it too. We'll say, cause Levante David is one of my, my favorite Huskers ever, just because I thought sideline to sideline when he was at Nebraska, it was just unreal. He was in on every tackle a lot. Like Sue would be 20 yards downfield, still chasing down skill guys. He was, but, he was Velcro man. Like if you, if yeah. he touched a ball carrier, they went down. But I will tell you, because I got to watch him for 60 minutes, the best linebacker that played against the Saints was Devin White because he was all over the place. And he neutralized Alvin Kamara in a way that most teams don't have a guy doing it. And just I didn't really know much about Devin White, but to know how good Levante David is and to see how much he covered the field because he didn't play the week before. I don't. I can't imagine two teams having two better linebackers in the middle of their defense than, than those two. Did Devin White have two interceptions? Is that just just one? Just one. They they're not going to beat the Packers, and that game was kind of boring. What do we say? Yeah. The I, Packers I say, game. I've talked a lot about these first two games. I did not. I do not have as much to say about the next two. I think they were just kind of. Yeah, the Saturday business. games were – I was excited about They were yeah. just kind of lame. Just yeah. kind of like business, business and in like, like you just never in doubt, never exciting. Just one team just controlled the other. Well, and shoot, Green Bay draft Aaron Rodgers replacement in the first round of the draft last year. Didn't draft a wide receiver. Uh, they got A.J. Dillon, who was the running back out of Boston College, who was a good addition. But – um, she, Aaron Rodgers put up more passing yards this year than he has in, has in a lot of previous years. And so it kind of just, uh, oh, here's my replacement. Watch what I do next. And they, they've looked unstoppable. Uh, last few weeks, they, I mean, yeah, 32 points doesn't seem like an unstoppable number in the NFL, but there's not a lot of teams putting up 32 points every week, that's for sure. With uh, Packers, I know, you know, they're going to be excited having the, home game and the cold weather and everything. But I caution you, Green Bay, I caution you. I remember feeling pretty excited one time about 
uh, the Philadelphia Eagles in a playoff game playing against Tampa Bay. Never won a game below a certain temperature, and they go to the they go to the the vet. It was the last game in Veterans Stadium, and thought they would be whooping them in the snow. And uh, Tampa Bay upset the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. And then to make it worse, the opening game the next season in the uh, link. They lost to the freaking Buccaneers in that game, too. Back to back to end one stadium and to start a new one. And, and to start the new one, Rocky Balboa was there wearing a Deuce Daly uh, jersey. You know, how do you lose a game when Rocky Balboa is there wearing a Deuce Daly? So, uh, you know, even though Tampa Bay, warm weather team going to the frozen tundra, don't overlook that, Green Bay. And uh, I have a one share. I don't know if I've shared this with podcast listeners. I own one share of the uh, Green Bay Packers. And so I do have a rooting interest for that because I will get a, if they won the Super Bowl, I would get probably the replica one. The other ones are too expensive that, that they let you buy. If you win it, I would get the, the cheap kind from China. And then, uh, you know, I, I would, proudly call myself a Super Bowl champion because uh, I do vote for them for their stuff they send out but I would sabotage that team and bring it down and crumble it to the very foundations to help the Eagles if I could so uh, but, uh wait what's Brandon up? you've now made three Super Bowl picks you <laughs> thought Baltimore would win well no that was you my hoped, pick you hoped then you said, but I hope Buffalo wins. And now you're like, but if Green Bay wins, I'm a Super Bowl champion. So, so when it's all said and out, done, when, uh, when Kansas City wins it all, you're real <laughs> freaking mad. 75% chance of happiness, and they're going to ruin it for me. I would be remiss to say before, uh, before we move on that my wife is a Packers fan. Uh, it was almost Get set her on up. The mic. To, yeah, it was almost set up to be a pretty heated little game on Sunday because it's, it's kind of frustrating watching games with her and she's probably listening uh, as she's getting ready for bed, but she's a Packers fan that will never watch the Packers play unless they're doing good. Like she will turn the TV off as soon as bad things happen. And I'm like, I'm watching this. And I go, Nope, not watching it. Don't want to watch them. And so uh, if, if the, the Packers end up going the, the wrong direction, I'll be probably relegated to the second room on the second TV because she will just refuse to watch her teams lose. She did just casually walk by before we started recording and drop like two or three sentences of some pretty, pretty decent NFL football knowledge. So yeah, yes. she's, she, she knows her stuff, but like I said, she's, she always calls me a sore loser, but I think in, in cases like this, she takes the cake on that. It's kind of like Moneyball, you know, how he never watched the games or whatever, yep. and then he kind of the same thing. Yeah, my wife and Brad Pitt have a lot in common, so. <laughs> That's scary. Beautiful people. Brad Pitt's a good-looking dude. My wife's a beautiful woman. What if she could choose between you and Brad Pitt? I would hope she'd make the right decision and choose Brad Pitt, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, shoot. But speaking of great quarterbacks, how about that Josh Allen, Brandon? 
W Y O Wyoming represents. Uh, so I am really wanting these guys to win the Super Bowl. I got to tell you, if there's one team that I'm pulling for, uh, how many shares based, of Buffalo do you have? Based none because uh, they don't have any public shares. But if they did, I'd I would own his index finger on his throwing hand would be my uh, would be what I own, I guess. But uh, their fans, the Bills Mafia, whether they're terrible or whether they're good, they go there. They're always jumping off tailgates through tables. And every time I see them, I'm like, that's that's Eagle fans of the AFC. And and I want them to win this game for the fans because, you know, 2020 was pretty crappy for all of us. And for them, they would, even though it's 2021 right now, but for the 2020 season, they would be done. And if they won the Super Bowl, they'd be like, 2020, greatest year of my life. For this one huge core of people, they would be so happy that they won a Super Bowl that it would it would erase everything else and it would get them through the through the pandemic like i i wholeheartedly believe like it would make it the greatest year for them all so i'm i am cheering for the bills going back to like especially our like our childhoods and stuff uh you know it was you go to school and you talk about man when football season started i wonder who the bills are going to lose to in the super bowl this year and uh because they were always good enough to get there and then just just couldn't get it done. So I I like the Bills offense. McDermott is a former defensive coordinator and defensive back coach for the Eagles. Uh, Andy Reid fired him. So uh, going back to Chiefs fans who all these genius moves that Andy Reid did, you know, uh, yeah, he, he got rid of him the first chance he got. And I like the bit, I like their, that it's a cold weather team. I like their colors. I like that it has a, a quarterback from the University of Wyoming and uh, all that. So I'm excited for I'm excited for them to win that Super Bowl. <laughs> Speaking of Bill's Mafia, did you guys hear the story about them donating all that money to uh, Lamar Jackson's charity? Pretty cool. That's one of the cooler stories from the year, I think, is that uh, Lamar's got this uh, charity that sends food home with with kids on weekends um and it was something like 500 or 300 some thousand dollars that they got going on on twitter getting people you know bill's mafia members to donate to lamar's charity and apparently they've done similar things in the past so you know you mentioned the the breaking tables and and all the the stuff that they do but um they also got that pretty cool element going for them as they're, well so they're passionate got, I, and classy yeah i i, I think so, the Packers, so they're clearly the not the if, if you said passionate and classy brandon then they're clearly not the eagles fans of the afc oh man their eagles do stuff for uh for fundraisers and all that as well like they're they also they also boo santa claus you know what but they were full the stadium was full and they were throwing snowballs at that drunk guy dressed as Santa Claus because the actual Santa Claus didn't go there. And uh, it was there was nobody. Nobody should have been at the game because they were terrible. So I'm glad that they were there. And freaking Santa deserved it. 
you know, bring them, <laughs> bring them some wins and don't just uh, give a throw in some bum drunk guy who's walking around pretending to be Santa. He's a bum. <laughs> how about how about predictions for the for the yeah. big, big Sunday games? Let's get I'm the so Super excited. Bowl. This has been such a busy week, and the only day this week that I don't have multiple activities. Guess what day it is? Sunday. 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 Kyle, gonna, did I, you say I this to... was your favorite day of football of the year? Yeah, I, even more in the Super Bowl. I love conference championship week just because you get four teams instead of just two. You get two games instead of one. The stakes are the same as the Super Bowl, and you actually get to see pretty much the best teams in the, the NFL celebrate as if they've won the Super Bowl. And obviously with the Super Bowl, it's a bunch of pomp and circumstance, a lot of pad, pageantry. To me, this is the last – day of the football season where it's just the football and as soon as the game's over and they start the celebration then it's super bowl week and like i said super excited for championship sunday that's fair i like that point it's it's not about the pageantry yet at this point but as the uh resident bottom dweller of the uh, the standings you want to pick first or you want to pick last were you talking to me? <laughs> yeah, resident bottom dweller of the standings. Oh, okay. Which game do you want me to pick? Why don't you pick both of them? All right. Well, uh, we did last last podcast. I thought we picked uh, Super Bowl winners, although now I'm getting the fact that Brandon has picked every one of the four teams at some point to win the Super Bowl. So I don't know how legit those picks were. Um, but I but I did pick the Packers. Um. I have no commentary. Tom Brady's going down. Um, on the other side, uh, I'm rolling with the with the Bills. So I've got a Bills Packers Super Bowl, and then just to, for a little extra uh, added bonus, I'm going to tell you right now: Packers are winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, uh, I I've got. I feel like I've got to go Kansas City. Um, I I hope Mahomes plays just for the the storyline basis of everything. I I do enjoy. Buffalo, I enjoy the great defense and an offense that has uh, finally picked it up. I mean, the addition of Stefan Diggs has been amazing uh, with Cole Beasley and then uh, Devin Singletary at running back. So they've had some pretty dynamic plays. Um, I just – I feel Kansas City is a more complete team. They've done it before, um, so they know what it takes to get back there. And then the Packers have looked great all year. So I feel like I've got a – a Green Bay, Kansas City final, and, you know, uh, probably the old Packers over the, over, the, the, over the Chiefs this year. Brandon? The winners are going to be Green Bay. They're going to win, and they're going to be playing, unfortunately, the Chiefs. Oh, come on. Well, I don't want them to win. I, I will be cheering for the Bills, but the uh, – I mean, it's just Andy Reid's going to win another Super Bowl just to really stick it to Eagles fans now, and so <laughs> I just got to get used to that. He'll have more Super Bowls than us. But I think it'll be – yeah, Chiefs and 
and Packers, and then the uh, Packers are going to win it all. Unless they don't. It could be one of the other three. They're all deserving. All deserving. Well, let's hear what the guy that picked the Saints last week has to say. (laughs) I think I might have mentioned that I'm picking the Saints, but it's just because I'm picking with my heart. But uh, the nice thing about the Huskers win every game this year. Yeah, except for the one I didn't, and then they actually won. (laughs) But uh, this is one of the few times where there's not a matchup out of the the four possibilities that I wouldn't be excited for. Like, there's always one team that I don't like as much or one matchup that doesn't have the storylines that would would catch my eye. And honestly, all four of them have have pieces of them that that I really like. And the nice thing about doing this podcast once a week is you can be wrong every week and then you still just get to pick the next game. So uh, just based on the fact that you guys all picked Green Bay, I, I, I'll still be picking the Saints. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the <laughs> I'll be the lone lone man on the Tampa Bay wagon. I'd actually prefer Green Bay to win, so that's who I'd be rooting for. But just be a little different, be be the contrarian. I'll take Tampa Bay, and obviously, yeah, it's a warm weather team playing in Green Bay. But let's not forget that Tampa or that uh, Tom Brady spent the last twenty years of his life playing in cold weather games at this time of year. Uh, so I'm picking Tampa Bay. And uh, again, I, th- I think Kansas City is probably the better team, but I really love what Buffalo's done this year. So I'm going to go Tampa Bay, Buffalo, wow. and then storybook ending. And, and it's probably wouldn't be the ending of it, but uh, I'm taking Tampa Bay uh, because I was impressed just by how Tom Brady looks. Somehow he's, he's a, uh, getting better looking and better, better at the quarterback position somehow. And I would love to see two Nebraska guys with the Super Bowl championship, especially after what was it last year, two years ago when our streak of having Cornhuskers in the Super Bowl ended. So to kind of bring that streak back with, with two guys holding the Lombardi trophy, I'm going Tampa Bay over Buffalo. And maybe two of the most meaningful guys to the Husker program within the, what, the last decade or so. Um, to see both of them honored that way, I think would be pretty cool. Dominic and Sue, we talked about the Heisman last week. And Dominic and Sue, Heisman runner-up for his position is essentially win, like winning the Heisman. So let's go Bucks. Uh, oh, play Cal. Sorry. No, I said just, let's go Bucks. Let's go Bucks. As we do wrap up, again, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, email us if you're not cool and don't have social media, uh, like maybe one or two people out there that don't. Um, shoot, even Maddie as a 10-year-old now, maybe in a Twitter handle. Who knows? Uh, or just stop by the 2200s. Or stop by the 2200s. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anywho, um, let us know. Do you like these kind of special podcasts um, where we're focusing on the NFL instead of just the college football from week to week? You know, the NBA's uh, kind of in the, in the heart of their schedule or getting into the heart of their schedule. The NHL's underway. Teams playing their third and fourth game this week. Football's wrapping up. We've got three games left, two on Sunday and a Super Bowl uh, two weeks from Sunday. So we're really uh, 
winding down here as as the football season comes to an end. Kyle. Oh, don't we have like some Division Four yeah, college football and, that you're going to try to make us talk about? And just so you know, if you don't like these special, special episodes, uh, Andy wanted to talk about the WAC conference, <laughs> which I think could not be more appropriately named for college football. <laughs> hey, we all can dream, man. We all can dream. Uh, but no, uh, as we as we end the crazy COVID NFL college football season, it's been a kind of a crazy ride with interesting games every week. We've got three left. Please do reach out as we get more into some specialty shows as the season comes along. Um, but again, hopefully those Green Bay Packers, just for the sake of Brandon being a shareholder, sing second. <laughs> <laughs>